0: Good morning. Good to see all of you here this morning. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Welcome to any guests that we have here this morning. Um, My wife's sister and her husband are here from BC, Harold and Valerie Swatsky, so welcome. Good to have you here and any other guests that we might have. Oh, there you go. Any other guests that we might have here this morning, uh, we're glad to have you here. We hope that you are made to feel welcome here today. Also to those who are listening to our service or watching our service, uh, glad that you've joined us as well. For this morning's opening scripture, we're going to do it together. We'll do a responsive reading from the back of the hymnal and it's uh, taken from Isaiah, Chapter 40, the season of Advent is a season of anticipation. And Pastor Dean is continuing his message series on God's incredible gift. And so this morning's message is entitled The Anticipation of the Gift. And Isaiah's words in chapter 40 are also words of anticipation. So in the first two verses of this chapter, God is telling Isaiah to speak tenderly and to speak words of comfort to the people. Hard times are coming. In another 100 years, Jerusalem will fall and then the people will be exiled for another 70 years after that. Isaiah was looking ahead in these first two verses in anticipation of the time when the people would return from the exile in Babylon. And then in the following verses, he's looking further into the future and he speaks of the anticipation of the coming of the Messiah at the end of time. When he comes, he will come with power, but as a shepherd tends his flock, he, the Messiah, will gather his lambs in his arms and gently care for them. So if you turn to number 681 at the back of the hymnal, we'll read that together. Number 681. So I'll read the light print, and together, we'll all read the dark print. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says cry and I said what shall I cry all flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up fear not say to the cities of judah behold your god behold the lord comes with might and his arm rules for him behold his reward is with him and his recompense before him he will feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather the lambs in his arms he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Thank you. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the season of Advent where we anticipate the celebration of the birth of your son. Thank you for Jesus what he's done for us. And thank you, Father, that all who place their trust in him can anticipate the day when we will live with you forever. Amen. Ask the ladies to lead us in singing, and then after that, Bill and Carol will come up and do the Advent reading.
1: Good morning. We'll start by singing together O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's number 111. If you are able, please stand with us for the next two songs. O little town of Bethlehem, we'll sing all verses. Let's continue with Angels We Have Heard on High. 127. Thank you. You may be seated.
2: Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands, and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not, behold your God will come with vengeance and recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy the waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert the burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water in the haunt of jackals where they lie down the grass shall become reeds and rushes and a mighty highway shall be there it shall be called the way of holiness the unclean shall not pass over it it shall belong to those who walk on the way even if they are fools they shall not be shall not go astray no lion shall be there nor shall any any ravenous beast come up on it they shall not be found there but the redeemed shall be there and the ransom of the lord shall return and come to zion with singing everlasting joy shall be upon their heads they shall ten gladness and joy and sorrow, and signs shall flee away.
3: Luke 1, 46, B to 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has gone done great things for me, and is his, his holy name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those who, of humble estates. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever." James 5, 7-10. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it, until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord."
2: Matthew eleven two to 11 Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of the Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, "'You are the one who is to come, or shall we look for another?' And Jesus answered them, way before you. Truly, I say to you, among those who born of women shall arise no other greater than John the Baptist, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Shall we pray? <laughs> Heavenly Father, in this, in this season of Advent, we prepare our hearts for your coming. You are the vine, vine, we are the branches. Come and tend to us, prune us, cleanse us, discard in us everything that does not bear fruit. Nourish in us everything that bears much fruit. As we celebrate your coming as a vulnerable baby, our hearts await your glorious return as the eternal King. Nurture in us expectant hearts, O Lord. Cultivate in us a deep longing for more of you until that day when, your heart, when you burst through the heavens and flood our horizons with your glorious splendor. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Amen.
0: Thanks, Bill and Carol. So we'll just take a minute to look at a few of the announcements in the bulletin. Under this week at Winkler Berchteller, there's a number of different things happening during the week, so please take note of those that pertain to you. Our missionaries of the week are Dawn and Char Epp. And Dawn and Char were here with us for uh, a time. They they returned to the Philippines at the end, or around the end of September, uh, with their son Zane. And uh, a few weeks ago, uh, their other two children, Thea and Koi, went to join them along with a couple of their friends. And I just found out the other day that one of the friends is a grandson to Jake and Judy. So I think they're coming back later this week. Is it Friday that they're coming? 13. 13. Okay. So they're, they're all coming back then, coming back for Christmas. So I'm sure there'll be lots of stories to, to hear from that uh, trip. There's men's prayer time happening in our church on Wednesday mornings at 7. So please uh, keep that in mind. Uh, Terence Claussen from our congregation has a photo exhibit right now at the Winkler Art Gallery. I think it's on already and there's an, uh, the announcement here is saying that they're having a special evening for our congregation on December 29th. So we can view that, so circle that on your calendar. Anybody who needs to write a committee report, there's your reminder. Uh, they're going to be due in a few weeks, so let's keep that in mind. Uh, next page, uh, those who are in the hospital. We have Dave Dick, Dorothy Hebert, Carol Claussen, and today's actually Carol's birthday. We have Jeremiah Lexier, Dora Peters, and John Suderman. Some of these folks are actually quite ill, so let's just continue to remember and pray for them and their families. Also well, prayer request, Diane Fraze is, is scheduled for back surgery this coming week. So let's remember her and Jack and the family, pray for peace and for uh, wisdom for the doctors. And uh, one expression of sympathy here to read, Henry Turpteason passed away this past Wednesday and his funeral will be held here this coming Wednesday. So let's remember uh, the family there. And uh, discovery group meeting. Uh, we uh, plan to have a short meeting after the service this morning. So, for those of you that those of you that have signed up, or if anyone is still interested in becoming part of a group, uh, we want to have a short meeting here. Uh, just meet at the front of the sanctuary here, right after the service. I think that's about it. 1613 Ministry is uh, looking for some donations before Christmas. They'd like to raise $700. So read the details there. Winkler Community Choir is having a Christmas concert in our church here this coming Saturday. So that's always a good concert. So keep that in mind as well if you enjoy uh, men's choirs. Ask the ushers to come forward. And as you do, uh, you also probably have notes of encouragement in your bulletin. And so if you... Uh, Feel you'd like to encourage somebody or send somebody an encouragement note we encourage you to fill it out put something in there you can either give it to the person in person or uh, leave it in the mailbox and encouragement is always good for everyone let's pray Father again We thank you for this Advent season, for Jesus, whose birth we will be celebrating in a few weeks, and for the gift of eternal life that you have made possible for those who believe. Lord, as many of us celebrate this Christmas season, we know that there are those who are struggling, going through a difficult time. We pray for your peace and your comfort, for the family of Terpteason, as well as others from our church and our community who have or who will be missing a loved one this Christmas. Pray, Father, for those in the hospital, for Dave Dick, Dorothy Hebert, Carol Clausen, Jeremiah Lexier, Dora Peterson, John Suderman, Father, we pray for your hand of healing upon them, that they would know your presence with them. And we pray, Father, for your peace for each of them and their families. And we know out there are also a number of others in our congregation who are dealing with um, some health issues are not in the hospital but are still at home. And just pray for each of them as well, Father, that you would continue to work in their lives and and that you would bring about healing. We pray for Diane Fraze as well as she prepares for surgery later this week. We ask for peace of mind for Diane and Jack, for your wisdom for the doctors as they perform the surgery and Father, we pray for a good recovery for Diane. And we pray for Don and Sharep and their children and their friends who've accompanied them as they return to Canada later this week. And we pray that these last uh, few days in the village would go well for them, that you would grant them uh, good flights, that there would be good weather for, um, uh, for their flights, for that initial helicopter ride, and just safe travels home. And we pray that you would uh, continue to be with the Agta Church, that you would bless the church there, that you would uh, protect it from the attacks of the evil one, and that the church would continue to grow. Father, we pray for our church, and we ask for your continued wisdom and guidance as we seek to be faithful to you and to your word. And as Pastor Dean brings the message this morning, we ask, Lord, that you would give him the words to say, that you would give us ears to hear what you have to say through him. And now as we take our offering, Lord, we give you thanks for the many material blessings we have received from you, and we pray that these gifts would be used to further your work. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: The words for this song are in your bulletin, as well, on page 5. Please join us.
4: reading this morning is taken from luke chapter 1 verses 39 to 56. that's luke 1 39 to 56. at that time mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted elizabeth when elizabeth heard mary's greeting the baby leaped in her womb and elizabeth was filled with the holy spirit in a loud voice she exclaimed Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. He has lifted the hungry with good things, or he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful, Abram and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. For many people
5: worldwide, Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year, and for good reason. Not only is it time for putting up Christmas decorations, wrapping gifts and spending time with the family, but more importantly, it is to celebrate the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to this world. It is a time to reflect upon the greatest gift that was given in order to save man from his sin and to make Jesus the center of our lives. We all know the story well, when God created the world, he made man and woman in his image and and placed them in the garden. According to Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it says this, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord commanded man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. So what did Adam and Eve do? Tell somebody they can't do something? Well, of course, they went ahead and they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and their eyes were opened at that time. They sinned and they fell from grace, and God cast them out of the garden. However, God had a plan to win mankind back to himself. The first prophecy foretelling what God would do immediately followed when the sin was committed in Genesis chapter 3. And in verse 15, we read, and I will put, God speaking, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel." Then throughout the rest of the Old Testament, the Lord sent numerous prophets for telling of the coming Messiah. We read some of the prophecies um, this morning already as we listened to the advent being read. Yes, God was planning. He was planning on sending a redeemer. God's people waited and hoped, and hope, with hope and anticipation for the coming Messiah. But how long did they have to wait? Do you ever ask that question? According to the Bible, the genealogies point out, from creation to the time of Christ's coming was approximately 4,000 years. No one knew the exact time he was going to be born, but they were waiting, they were anticipating. They knew that a Redeemer was coming. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5 about that coming. And the thing is, why didn't he come earlier? It says in verse four, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of the woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. When the time had fully come, for 4,000 years they were waiting. The long awaited, uh, the long await wait, had ended, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem, raised in Nazareth, ministered through Judea and Israel for three years, suffered, died, buried, and rose from the grave on the third day, giving eternal life to anyone who places their faith in him. Yes, he gives eternal life to all those who believe, all who trust him, all who turn to him. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he told his disciples that he would come back for them in John chapter 14, verses one through four. He said he would take them to a place where there are rooms, which is heaven, or in the King James it says mansions. In Matthew chapter 24, verse three, it tells us this. As Jesus was, was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Then the rest of the chapter of Matthew chapter 24, Jesus goes systematically through the signs of his second coming. However, three times he emphasizes one crucial point. One crucial point. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 36 He says this, no one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And verse 42, that's just a few verses down. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know what day the Lord will come and going just several verses down more in verse 44, Jesus again emphasizes this. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at the hour when you do not expect him. Be ready, be watching. He's coming back the second time. He came the first time and we celebrate Christmas, the advent. In Revelation, Um, There are seven churches, seven spirits, seven golden lampstands, seven stars, seven lamps, seven seals, seven heads, seven crowns, seven thunders, 7,000 people killed in an earthquake, seven angels, seven last plagues, one of the seven angels who has seven bowls and seven kings. So if there is one particular number focused on more in Revelation than any other number, it is seven. Why is this important? Now, I'm not a scholar on end times, but this is important for us to remember. So let's all put this into perspective. From the time of creation and the first prophecy that God gave that he would send the Messiah and Jesus came was 4,000 years. From creation to Jesus, 4,000 years approximately. From Christ's coming, from his first coming to today is 2,000 years. Now the interesting thing that adds up to 6,000 years And Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, describes the thousand years reign with Christ, which equals 7,000 years. The number seven comes up. If you remember, seven is God's perfect number. And we are closer to Christ's return than ever before. He came the first time. It was prophesied. They waited 4,000 years. They wondered, is he really going to come? Now it's been 2,000 years. And we're saying, is he really going to come? And the answer is yes. And we are called to be ready. And we are called to be watching. And I trust that you are. I believe we are living closer to the end times than ever before the same way Jesus came the first time and t- and they anticipated his coming we need to anticipate his coming the second time but this morning we want to look at Jesus first coming and how he came and how the anticipation grew and the excitement because a redeemer Was coming. We're going through the series of God's incredible gift. His incredible gift is incredible because it's just unbelievable why God Himself would give Himself and die in our place. What a gift. And then we come now to the anticipation of this gift the coming of Jesus. Christ, The anticipation of the gift, number one, brings joy to Elizabeth, found in verses 39 through 45. Ron has already read this portion of Scripture, but I'm going to just reread the beginning of this portion so we can look at it more in detail. It says in verse 49 of Luke chapter 1, At the time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished." Two weeks ago, we looked at the preceding verses of Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. That was the portion just before what was read now. The the interesting thing is, this was an announcement made by the angel Gabriel to Mary. The angel had foretold Mary that she would bear a son and she would name him Jesus. This child would be the son of the Most High. So, of course, Mary's first reaction is to ask, how can this be since that she is a virgin? The angel told her that the Holy Spirit would overshadow her and she would bear a son and he would be the son of God. Then the angel told her that her relative Elizabeth, aged aged and barren, now was pregnant and she was in her sixth. Month. Truly, this would be a double miracle. First, Elizabeth was old, became pregnant, and now Mary, a virgin, would become pregnant. The first thing Mary does after the angel leaves her is to get ready to go visit visit Elizabeth. It says that Elizabeth was a relative. Sometimes we think immediately, oh, this was a cousin. We don't know that, but she was a relative. There was a big age difference. Elizabeth was probably well into her 70s, and Mary was somewhere a a young teenager, and now they both were going to bear a child. But unfortunately, uh, pardon me, the first thing Mary does after the angel leaves her is to get ready to go to visit Elizabeth. But unfortunately, the scripture does not tell us the name of the village, the town, or the city. It only says in the hill country of Judea. Notice that when Mary entered the home of Zacharias and Elizabeth in verse 41, When Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. We must remember throughout the Old Testament, only kings, prophets, and priests were filled with the Holy Spirit because they had a special mission, and also the Holy Spirit had not been poured out as of yet after when Jesus would come and ascend into heaven. And here we found out, find out that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the Holy Spirit because she was bearing the forerunner of the Son of God. She had a special responsibility. Elizabeth calls Mary blessed among women, not above women. Mary was not sinless. And God could have chosen any other woman. However, Mary lived a life pleasing to the Lord as she followed the scriptures, which is why the Lord chose her. There's no doubt that Elizabeth was rejoicing with Mary as they both realized how the Lord was working in their lives. This now leads us to the second Um, step of the anticipation of the gift. Number two, brings joy to the unborn son. Brings joy to the unborn son. Verses 1 and 44. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. In Luke chapter 1, verses 13 through 15, when the angel spoke to Zachariah in the temple, he told them this, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear, us, bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He will never take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. It is clear that when Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, that John, her son, the one she was carrying, the one who would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ, was also filled with the Holy Spirit at this time. And that's why this child leaped with joy. John already knew before he was born who Jesus was. This is what we have discovered so far in reference to the anticipation of the gift. Number one, the anticipation of the gift brings joy to Elizabeth. Number two, the anticipation of the gift Um, brings joy to the unborn son, which is John the Baptist. And now the anticipation of the gift brings joy to Mary, the mother of our Lord. Verses 46 through 49. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord, and my soul rejoices in, my, in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of my humble state and his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. The only for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. This portion of scripture is one of worship and praise to the Lord. Mary's heart was full of joy, exuberating the greatness of God. First, Mary personalizes what she is saying in praise to God. She says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This is coming from her heart and from her innermost being. The goodness of God has overwhelmed her. The goodness of God has overtaken her. To look at God and through the scriptures, what she already memorized in the Old Testament, she could see God's work or God's at work. Notice verse 47, she calls God my Savior. Although Mary bore the Son of God, she still needed a Savior like everyone else, like you and I. So the first thing God did for her was to save her. Also, she is not a mediator between God and man. According to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, for there is one God, and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Then in John chapter 14, verse 6 tells us this, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. There is only one mediator. There is only one way to the Father, and that is Jesus Christ. Not only did God save Mary, but Mary says in verse 48, for he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, generations will call me blessed or blessed. According to verse 48, God chose her in her humble state of being a servant and carrying the son of God. The Lord could have chosen anyone else, but he chose her. What a privilege and an honor it was for an ordinary, common person who walked with God to be chosen by the Lord to bear the child, the Son of God. Then in verse 49, Mary acknowledged, for the mighty one has done great things for me, Holy is his name. Mary believed God, and the great things God did for her was to save her, allow her to be uh, the mother of God, the son, and for future generations to call her blessed. I believe that if Mary could pick a modern-day hymn to sing, it would be, To God Be the Glory. That's a familiar hymn to all of us. To God be the glory, great things He has done. So loved He the world that He gave us His Son, who yielded His life as an atonement for sin, and opened the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory. Great things he has done." And truly this was Mary's hymn, to give the praise and the glory to God for all that he had done. What the Lord did for Mary brings joy to her, but also brings joy to others. Number one, or pardon me, the second way is by what the Lord did for believers, verses 50 through 53. Listen to these verses. His mercy extends to those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the inmost thoughts. He has brought down the rulers of their thrones, but also lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty." In these verses, Mary points out what God has done for every person who places their faith in God, every person who places their faith in Christ and makes him Lord of their life. First, God's mercy extends to those who fear him, and that's to every generation. Mercy is what God gives us that we don't deserve. We deserve God's wrath because of our sin, but instead we receive God's mercy, God's um, grace. We deserve wrath. We, in turn, can extend mercy and grace to those who trespass against us. Second, God has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in in their inmost thoughts. Once again, the thought is God's mighty arm. Does he not stretch to you and I today, to everybody who is a person and a believer of Christ? And we don't even realize how many times he has intervened and has saved our lives, or perhaps done something for us that we are even unaware of. He has scattered those who are proud, the ones who don't want God, The ones who oppose, he has scattered them. Third, God has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted the humble. The contrast is, as those who humble themselves before the Lord, Christ will come and be their Lord and Savior. Number four, he has brought down, or pardon me, number um, five, he has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. Yes, the contrast is between the hungry, the poor, the ones who need the of life as compared to the rich. It's not that rich is being evil because it's not, but it's what we do with what we have. And it is also being humble before the Lord when we are hungry. And we can also be hungry but turn away from God. But the contrast is there. What the Lord did for Mary brings joy to her. What the Lord did for others also brings joy to Mary. And last, what Mary, um, what brings joy to Mary is the third part, by what the Lord did for Israel. What did the Lord do for Israel? Verse 54 and 56. He's helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham his descendants forever, even as he said to, his fa- to the fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then returned home." Mary was well aware of God's promises to Abraham that one day a Redeemer would come through Abraham's seed. Not only would he come for the children of Israel, but he would come for all of us. The promise was fulfilled when the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph about Mary and said, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. God was fulfilling the promise of 4,000 years prior that the Redeemer would be coming and He would be the Savior of the world. The world was never the same once Jesus came. The anticipation of the gift brought joy to Mary, to the unborn child, to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and today to everyone who places their faith in Christ. That is why we can have comfort, peace, joy amid the turmoil and the hardships and suffering because we have Jesus and he makes all the difference in the world. Every Christmas and throughout the year, we have loved ones that are passing from this world into the next. It's a time of heartbreak, but it's a time of rejoicing because of what jesus did for us he came to save us from our sins and when we know christ we have the assurance where we're going when we leave this world as i said there's even a number of people in our congregation that are close to going home to be with the lord what we what would we do without christ he makes all the difference i close with this story and it's entitled now it was my turn now it was my turn curtis bradford a pastor in charleston south carolina said that when he was seven years old he crawled into bed on christmas eve so excited he couldn't sleep pretending to be asleep he lay there until he was sure his parents were snoring Then about at 2 a.m., he crept downstairs. There under the Christmas tree were his presents. A drum set beckoned him to play it then and there, but he didn't dare. But he found other gifts that he could play with. A cowboy outfit, other um, uh, uh, games, a puppet. Filled with excitement, he emptied his stockings and began eating the candy, the apple and the orange, But suddenly, hearing a noise, he turned and he saw his dad looking sternly at him. For a fleeting moment, Curtis was afraid. But his dad broke into a smile, settled himself in the recliner, and listened while little Curtis showed him everything, explaining how the games worked and how the puppet moved its mouth. Sleep soon came over him, and his dad picked him up, carried him upstairs, and tenderly tucked him into bed. The next morning, they had a wonderful Christmas, but Curtis said, I will never forget that Christmas Eve. Years flew by, and on another memorable Christmas, Curtis found himself again at his father's side. This time his father lay paralyzed from the automobile accident and a weak potty from the cancer. Treatment, therapy, and experimental drugs had left, left him weighing 100 pounds and in great pain. But despite his pain, he asked Curtis, would he dress him if he could, so that he could watch the family open their gifts? He wanted to be cleanly shaved, so Curtis lathered up his father's beard and, and brushed it. He got out the razor, and he began to shave his dad. His father beard had grown the way that his dad, the way that his was, and his father explained how it needed to be cut. And so with that, he cut his father's beard. After the shave, Curtis dressed him, carried him to the den, where the family waited. He was able to sit for almost 15 minutes before the joy turned almost to unbearable pain, then his eyes filled with tears, he asked Curtis to carry him to bed. Curtis, gently Curtis, took or gently Curtis, his son, gathered the frail man into his arms. Curtis later said, "As I made my way to his bedroom, I recall the night." many years before, when he carried me to to my bed. Now it was my turn. Tears ran down Curtis' face as he nestled his dad into bed. And seeing the tears pointed, and seeing His father pointed to a tape recorder beside the bed. Curtis Curtis turned it on, and together they listened to the Bible reading. It was John 14. In my father's house, there are many mansions. Silently, Curtis thanked God for saving him and saving his father, for giving them these moments together, and for those times when the Lord had carried them both. Two days later, Curtis' dad passed away, but the memories are precious rather than painful. And Curtis said, it is because of Jesus, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas who died to save his people who believe in him, I know that I will see my father again. And what a family reunion that will be. Close quote. Once again, this is why we can have comfort, peace, and joy amid the turmoil, the hardships suffering because of what Jesus did for us. He came into this world to give his life to save us. And because of this we will live forever when we place our faith and trust in him.
1: We stand with us and we'll sing together, Go Tell It on the Mountain.
5: one announcement before the benediction. Um, Following the service, we're just going to have a quit meeting at the front here. It's in regards to the discovery groups, and there's a number of people who have signed up, but perhaps you haven't signed up and you'd just like to hear a little bit more about how we are going to be organizing. You're free to um, uh, stay with us, and it'll be just a short meeting, so we ask that if you could stay behind, just come up to the front and we'll have a time of sharing about the discovering groups. But for this very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we pause before you to give you praise and thanks for sending your Son into this world, Lord, what a blessed hope we have when we know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We realize, too, that there are even those from our congregation that are close to be going home with you We pray that you would have your hand upon them, and we thank you, Lord, that they know you and love you, and they have walked with you, and now they are ready to go. I pray that you would have your hand upon them and give them strength at this time. And we pray, too, for each one of us here today, at some time, we will say goodbye to this world, or perhaps goodbye to other ones who will leave this world. I pray, Lord, that because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we'll be able to walk the journey, whatever journey it is, whether it is going home now or our loved ones going home to meet you, that there will be peace, joy, and comfort because we walk with you. And it's all because you came on that first Christmas morning. I pray now, go with us and give us your strength and grace. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.